0: How you? How you feeling? You feeling comfortable? Oh
1: yeah, this is fantastic. <laughs> I do is have
0: this to. Okay. <laughs> am I good? I do have to. <laughs> I do have to warn you. Mara is a cop, so.
1: Oh, that's okay. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's Well, I'm from South Dakota, so
0: it's okay. <laughs> right. Oh, and they're all policemen from South Dakota. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> uh, hi, Mara. Hey, Chris. How's it going?
2: It's still today.
0: It is still today. We're on round two. Uh, we, we went and got McDonald's, and I didn't know that they had vegan options uh, at McDonald's, but uh, do you mind telling the listeners the vegan option that they have? Coca-Cola coca-cola <laughs> so if you're vegan you can get, you can get yourself a coke and maybe even a diet coke if you want to
2: i mean that's
0: uh but on the way there you were about to tell me a story about um a bachelor party
2: oh want well, to do that now yeah oh, okay
0: man what do i start now well wait how long of a story is it should i introduce these guys first yeah do that <laughs> okay okay <laughs> Uh these guys have been selling uh used rugs for the last three years in the greater St. Paul area. They are hands down the most exhilarating and anti exhilarating couple, maybe in the United States of America. Rebecca Wilson and Weg and It's not <all laughs> of <the>
2: syllables.
0: <laughs> weg I said it right for the first time. Weg lighter. Weg Lightner. There you go. Weg Lightner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, are you a fan of Grease <laughs> Greece Lightning? Have you ever gone that route?
1: <laughs> Have I ever gone that route? Yeah, 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 Well, I'm a fan of it, but I can't say I've ever quote unquote gone that route. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> what is that route, Chris? Explain
1: <laughs> that route.
0: <laughs> Explain that route. Tight pants, <laughs> grease back hair. Back alley abortions, that type of thing.
1: No, I uh, I don't wear tight pants.
0: Oh, okay. All the
2: other stuff. <laughs> Fair game. Fair game.
0: No, it's two two comedians in in the Minneapolis and well, like Twin Cities scene, I guess you could say. Um, but uh, I don't want to talk to you guys just yet. I want to hear Mars' story. <laughs> I feel like there's context. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I used to shoot weddings. I guess I still, on occasion, shoot weddings. You, well,
2: this is the Mitch Hedberg you used to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a
1: good point. I do used to. <laughs> okay.
0: And and so yeah, we were talking about weddings, and uh, with the last guest, and you had brought up that uh, you've been in a total of four weddings, or been to a total of four. Yeah,
2: weddings. I'm not a wedding goer. Um, Mm. but I've been, so I'm like 50, 50 for being in the wedding party. So that's an interesting percentage. Um, because ironically for two of them, I was the best man being the worst man (laughs) possible, (laughs) I think. Um, so I had to plan like bachelor parties and, uh, like, I'm not a normal human being, so, like, I don't know, like, like what you're supposed to do. I had to have, like, a co-planner they like, they're, that they were planning, like, the normal shit that you're supposed to do, like, go look at naked people or something.
4: <laughs> I'm like,
2: I guess we could do that. That's the thing that people do, and then they just put money onto them. Okay. <laughs> and then, so, we did that, and that was, like, the normal part, I guess, and that, which was, to me was very awkward and I hated it but then we went back to this house and like I'm like well this is my part of the thing uh, we're gonna watch uh, midget porn
4: <laughs> and then I was
2: hoping we could play Psychogenesis <laughs> for like five hours <laughs> and then we did that's what we, that's what we did <sighs> that's and then, actually what you did? yes <laughs> Um, well, I mean, it's my party. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I planned it. I, I I found out something interesting too. Is you can't find midget on midget porn. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to book. It's really hard
3: right. to get <laughs> two to individuals. Being, at I'm the being same
2: insensitive, time. <laughs> but at the time, that's that's the words we were using right (laughs) that's like
0: did you go to the 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 problematic uh word wrestling match that was in becker (laughs) no i didn't go to that
2: (laughs) that was booked
0: sunday it was problematic wrestling yeah yeah it was the most amazing Wrestling that's, I've ever seen.
2: That's wrestling, though. It's always doing something problematic. That's yeah. how they get
0: the views. That's true. So, anyways, a bunch of problematic people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're at this wrestling thing, and it was, for the most part, it was like hacky type of little people jokes, right? Like for most of the stuff, like a uh, normal sized person holding the head, and the little guys swing in and it was it was okay. But then. The finale, like the, the final match, uh, was between uh, a medium-sized person and a little person. And the, the little person had enormous arms, like just like Popeye the Sailor Man <laughs> fucking huge arms. And it was awesome. So at one point, um, the, the, the normie throws the little person into the corner and he hits the thing right and is uh <laughs> is supposed to be stunned and then he throws his giant arms up grabs the top rope as the guy's coming towards him kicks him in the chest and then does a backflip up onto the top rope and then front flips off onto this guy i had i had my my camera and was recording and the the scream went from oh And then when he did the backflip, it was like a deafening roar. I get
1: goosebumps just thinking about it because it's so fucking crazy. It sounds like when Yoda fought Dooku. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it
2: was like. You know what that backflip is called? What's that? It's called skinning the cat.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's really. So if you guys don't know, uh, Mara is a licensed professional wrestler.
2: I'm a trained pro wrestler, yeah.
0: And a cop. And a cop. Oh, I mean, they go hand that. in hand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that. My friend is a wrestler, and he his gimmick is he's a cop.
0: Oh, that's funny. Rob <laughs> Justice. Does he handcuff people? Yeah. Rob Justice. Rob that, Justice. That is such a good name.
2: It's actually a name of uh, another friend of ours.
0: An actual name? Yeah, that's his actual name. Oh, my God. So, anyways, so yeah. anyway, midget porn <laughs> is uh, uh, problematic. Yeah, porn. excuse
4: me. For,
2: no, it's beat. Pro- so you have a standard-sized human, and then a little person. Yeah, it's always a variation there. Right. Uh, I have to bring up the movie we watched. Was called "Midget in a Suitcase." <laughs> it's awful. It's it's what it. It's very apt the description. The title of the film is. They literally pass around a human being in a suitcase to each different scene. And she like springs out of it and then just immediately starts having sex with whoever is in the room. Wow. And at one point, they drop the suitcase down so many stairs. That's like a bit in the movie. It's like there's like a, they're going to a subway and they just drop it down. Oh, my God. So yeah that was a bachelor party
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my my bachelor party uh somebody bought uh a, a little person blow up doll and uh brought two por- two pornos one of them was called all pissed off and the other one was uh, like the,
2: is it the original or like the reboot
0: this is the, the original?
2: Oh, okay. So it's not even HD,
0: right? No, not HD. That one sucks. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> so each scene, it's just women pissing on each other. Sure. Which was awful. Like we watched it shame for a little bit, fast-forwarded. I mean, like it's a, it's the same thing. How did much think-
2: better is that in fast-forward?
0: <laughs> That's did funny. you
2: rewind and fast-forward? Rewind <laughs> <and> fast-forward.
0: <laughs> To watch it go back yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> Instant replay. <Miss laughs>
2: opportunity, yeah. There was a way to enjoy this movie. Oh, fuck. And you missed it.
0: <laughs>
3: Think outside the box,
0: Greg. That's really good. It, the, 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 yeah, I wish I could remember. The other one was like German something. But that one wasn't good either. And that one, it was just because they all looked like, uh, you know, Men in Black, uh, the two uh, aliens... Uh, There's a few aliens. <laughs> <laughs> but they're in like those exoskeletons.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <first> you remember <laughs> that Dalmatian from the Dalmatian movie? The one with the spots?
4: The fifth one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but they're they're uh, they're sitting in that coffee shop and the the that one cockroach like shanks him or stabs them both and then they're dying the cat owner
2: i was just i thought it was just the one person that was piloting a human robot the guy who drinks sugar water no so that's the roach Yeah, that's the roach okay. and then the cat owner
0: yeah when you f- flick the thing behind their ear yeah it's got the, the face little alien uh, like, the other yeah. guy was too wasn't he
2: I don't remember that. I just. Anyways, sorry.
0: The so not the tiny little guy, um, that owned the cap, but the one that he was talking to, that like long, like skinny, too many sharp points on their face.
1: Will Smith. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, they all looked like that, like basically like mortuary workers, and I was like, not watching this.
2: You didn't watch Men in Black.
0: You're wearing all black. It's a good story. I well, except for my socks. That was before you could. Because I'm American. (laughs) Speaking of being American, how are you guys dealing with uh, all of the voting going on? (laughs) (laughs) Are we dealing with the voting?
2: (laughs) There was a vote recently. There was a vote the other day. (laughs) It's Ugh.
3: crazy. I mean, um, my home state is Georgia. And really? Yeah, so when I was in college, I would always do absentee for Georgia because I'm like, well, I have to cancel out my parents' votes. Um, but Strategic. this year... Yeah, but you really they... really thought about it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they came through Georgia, man. It was crazy because, like, when Trump first ran, like, Atlanta's like, okay, we're turning purple. We're turning purple. But this year, <laughs> like, wow, it was exciting. It was... It's been really crazy watching like, all the stuff roll in. I don't
0: know. Yeah.
1: Andy, thoughts? I'm just glad all that voting is over. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to do that so ever again. <laughs> right? Like, when are they going to put <laughs> an end to all this enough. voting? It's <laughs> overwhelming. It's like a sea of ballots. <laughs> what happened to the queen? <laughs> <laughs> no shit. That was much
2: easier.
0: I want the monarchy back. <laughs> um I actually fucked up my ballot cuz I went in to do it. <laughs> so was you? And I was I Did was... you
2: vote for Kanye?
3: Were you one of the 7,000
0: Minnesotans That voted for
2: Kanye West? <laughs> was he he was on it, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Oh yeah. He wasn't right in.
0: Yeah, he was actually on the Minnesota ballot. Uh-huh. Uh but on the back side it was all of these judges that you could vote for and there was there were, I think, like three that had somebody opposing them. If that.
3: Yeah, it was mostly incumbents. And it's yeah. mm-hmm. like, fucking
0: A. So I was just going down the thing. And I didn't notice uh, one of the things was like for writing, And I accidentally put in two circles. And I was like, I was so close oh. to being done. Did you have to start over? I had to start <laughs> over. Oh,
2: did you remember your answers at least?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he wrote them on his hand. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> What so what does incumbent mean?
2: Uh, I mean see, we can't talk about it. <laughs> no, <we
0: can't>. uh, <laughs> incumbent's the person who's already in office. Okay, okay, okay.
2: And
3: there's
0: yeah, yeah, already in
3: office. I so. wrote in
2: Bernie Sanders for uh, soil and water management. She'd <laughs> <laughs> be good at that. He yeah, would, I was like, good. oh maybe he'll come to Minnesota. I'll force him to live here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you live here now, Bernie. Yeah, this this is, where is where you belong. Manage my soil. Soil sand <laughs> Sanders. That's, exactly.
2: (laughs) I wrote in one of my friends for one of the judges. Hopefully she wins.
0: I also hope that she wins. Sarah Jessica Parker, right?
2: Yeah, how did you know that?
0: I mean, she's your only friend, so... Speaking of only friends. You only have one friend? And it's
1: Sarah Jessica Parker.
3: That would be pretty overwhelming. Who are you, Matthew Broderick?
1: I just have one really, really kick-ass friend. That's, That's really, all you need. If you have Sarah Jessica Parker, you don't need any. Could you
0: imagine like, if if somebody was like, all right, you can either have all of the friends that you have right now, or...
1: Yeah, you could be like
0: Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. <laughs> With Sarah Jessica
2: Parker. yeah.
0: (laughs) Like you can either have all these friends or Andy, because you're what, 43? (laughs) (laughs) I turned
1: 37 on
0: Monday. (laughs) So anyways, so you can either be friends with the little kid from Leave It to Beaver.
1: Uh, What was his name? Beaver,
4: beaver.
1: That's, that's how old you think I am? You have to use a leave it to Beaver analogy.
0: Ah. But no, I mean I'm trying to think, like who would be a good, because somebody who like I think like a, like a, like a DJ would be a really good one because you're at those shows and there's hundreds and thousands of people there at these shows, so it's like, yeah, I've got the one friend, but there's all these fucking people here. Sorry. But you
2: can't be friends with any of them.
0: Right. You can party with them, though.
2: But the, you have no connection.
0: Exactly. When they're like, hey, let's exchange numbers, you're to be like, hey, Diplo is my I only friend. I think you friend.
1: just want to be a roadie. Yeah. I just want to suck dick.
0: <laughs> That's, That's a roadies- groupie. Oh!
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I you can want only be... be a
2: friend's dick, though. <laughs> you have to ignore everyone else.
0: Or, before
1: I do it, I'm like, this does not make us friends. You're not friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can only go to glory holes. I like to think that you tried to apply to be a roadie, and you thought the job was just sucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> And you're like, no, you just have to fill out the application,
0: dude. Like, Man, we want somebody to help carry these speakers. What
1: the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? Your mouth is just, oh. They really want the job. Okay.
0: Lot lizard line is over there. <laughs> so anyways. Where were we? Where were we? Voting. Oh, midget porn. Midget <laughs> porn Thank you. So problematic porn. Was that, I mean, but that's it. Who kept the, the tapes? Or the DVDs. Who kept it? Yeah. He, he did. He did? Yeah. Mm.
2: For a long time. And then, <laughs> you know, had kids, so can't keep that around.
0: Right. Because they would think that they were other kids. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> That's like four podcasts in a row. <laughs> um. Now, uh, that was fun. Thank you guys for coming on. And we'll Have a good night, everyone. No. Uh,
1: (laughs) We drove to Monticello for that.
0: There
3: was a gravel road, my
1: dude. (laughs) Uh, You guys, you had to
0: take the gravel road.
3: We took the gravel road.
0: So there's another road that you can take. So when you leave, Uh don't go left. Go right. And your GPS will be like, oh, I didn't realize you were fancy people. (laughs) Fine, we can take normal
1: roads. Fancy blacktop
0: people. Whoa, hey now, it's problematic. You can't say top anymore. So, Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Being that you're from Georgia, Russia, Mm -hmm. is it weird having people slander your people so much? During all of these elections.
3: <laughs> well I don't really think is slandering. I don't know. I think I think well like most Georgia people I saw they were getting upset about is whenever Georgia's talked about on the news. I they, was
0: talking about the Russia thing.
3: Oh, uh, well uh I don't know. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no with with the Georgia G- thing. <laughs> it, that is that is really interesting I, I for some reason i thought you're from uh one of the carolinas i don't know why i thought
3: oh that would be i think i'd be way chiller if i was you think so? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's like my mom's side of the family they're all from mobile alabama yeah Wow. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm talking real mobile like uh, my grandma had my aunt when she was 15 yeah dude Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We're talking Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> and they kind of lived all in the South, kind of bopped around a little bit. And my dad is, um his, his dad is from like Texas, like okay. West Texas. The cowboys just, they're quiet and they smoke and they eat Fig Newtons. That's all I really <laughs> know. <laughs> smoke and eat Fig Newtons. It's a weird combination, but it does it for him. I don't know. I guess it's... That, that Just keeps things going.
0: Sounds like a weird ant. <laughs> <laughs> you want something to drink? Just more fig newtons. <laughs>
3: Make sure you have your eight ounces of fig newtons a day.
0: <laughs> Maybe you can help settle this uh this dialect then. Because I do a southern okay. accent and I'm okay. not quite sure where to place them. Okay. So he likes to talk like this, and it gets real whistly. And boy, we just love ourselves some fig Newtons and virgin (laughs) whistlings. What part of the South (laughs) 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 do you think that guy ends up in?
3: Well, that guy is definitely very old. He sounds like, I mean, he's, I mean, the youngest that guy would be would be 40. Mm. Um, it's just something that, like the wish lynch kind of happens. I don't know. It's kind of just not knowing how to close your mouth type of uh, thing. Yes. Um. And I don't know. I would say that could kind of be, uh, kind of in between Kentucky and the Carolinas,
0: maybe. Okay.
3: Mm, almost. Yeah.
0: Kentucky makes a lot of sense.
3: It definitely has kind of like a foothills sound to it, because when you almost sound more like country than southern, cause you know, some southern's like, oh, nice and slow, you speak like Malayas, you <gasps> know, like that. That's a little bit different. That just
0: made me lactate. Oh, I'm sorry.
3: It's <laughs> should have no. put a trigger warning on that. I don't have
0: accent. my cotton balls in place to catch the drip. <laughs> so <laughs>
2: someone get this man some cotton <laughs> so what would be the younger version of that voice
0: that's a really good question
2: and when does it switch over is it gradual
0: i or? think that guy'd be like oh Paul, how come we gotta go work in the field <laughs> i said i do work until sundown oh Paul! The, but my favorite episode of pokemon gonna be on today I don't guess which Pokemon this is. I don't give a hoot. You get back in the field. right? I don't know. I don't think it's that one. It's not the same. Nope, all right, let me try again. Father. <laughs> That's what I want. I, I want to stop
4: working in the field. <laughs>
3: you could animate all that and just turn it into a
0: porn, by the way. It <laughs> feels
3: like just with these fun character voices.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. So, anyways, South voting. Mm-hmm. We're I'm 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 all over the place. I apologize. A lot of ADD today. <laughs> um. Let's get back to how this show normally runs. So now. Uh, when you you do the stand ups. Yes. Right. The Andy's whatever. And we'll get to you. Also. <laughs> uh, did, so did you start doing stand up in Georgia then?
3: No, I started doing it when I moved back up to Minneapolis. OK. Um, I watched a lot of stand up in Atlanta, though. Like I was very fascinated by it. Um, Atlanta comedy scene is uh, really great and they had a bunch of shows um, that would always be for free but comics would fight to be on these shows uh-huh. and um, and also too because of like the filming that happens in Georgia a lot of comics would be there filming for movies but they didn't have any friends, not even Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> so at night they would just go and do spots, and then end up bumping some local comics and stuff. But like Star Bar, which is no longer happening now because the club closed down, that was like the best place to do it. Like Hannibal Burgess was stopping. Um, I, I saw T.J. Miller there once swallow a cigarette, um, and then some other some other shows. Like uh, there's one called the Secret One A.M. Show. This place called Smith's Old Bar. It's my favorite show in Atlanta—it's like every Saturday night—and the guy who runs it, he actually came up to Minneapolis not too long ago. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, so everyone like met him and stuff, and I went down when I was uh, uh, down for Thanksgiving and like went to a show and stuff. And he's oh, like, oh hey, wow! So, yeah, it's a cool scene. I really just kind of liked the art form of it because I grew up acting into professional acting up here for a bit. Okay. But I kind I got sick <clears throat> of being told what to do and had to say other people's words that weren't funny and make them funny. I don't mm. know. Because it was like, oh, this is a funny line. I'm like, is it? I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll make it funny, but just like, you suck at playwriting, dude. Um, But I don't know. I just was just fascinated with it and how everyone is – Their own character, you know, and the best kind of comes from a place of being genuine. But it's like, how do you discover that within yourself and then present it on stage and then make people laugh with it? Like, I was just I love just going to shows and just watching all these people do it in their own ways. And I don't know. I wanted to try it. And it stuck.
0: So, okay, how but how did you end up in Minnesota then?
3: Yeah. So (laughs) here's the thing. So I've been basically back and forth up here my whole life. Because okay. I was born in Atlanta. My family's from the South. But when I was two, my dad uh, got a job up here. He worked for Coca-Cola. And as a 30-year-old, they're like, hey, want to like be the finance guy at the Midwest bottling plant? And my mom's like, where's Minnesota? <laughs> so <laughs> they moved up here. They absolutely fell in love with it. I got to the beginning of fourth grade and they were like, we're going back to Atlanta. And I was like, this is going to be a bad idea. And it was because those Southern and I went to Catholic private school, Ooh. Southern Catholic prep school kids are just another breed of demons um, that I had to deal with wow. all through high school. And then I came up uh, to go to college at the U. So
0: oh, okay, I okay.
3: went away from that and then went back for a little bit to live in Atlanta proper, but then I miss Minneapolis so much. I don't know. It's
2: just. Why the first time back to Georgia? Um, I don't know. It's kind of when
3: I wanted to stop acting and just kind of, like, kind of figure out what I wanted to kind of do and
0: stuff. So no, when you were in,
2: oh. s- I'm, I'm sorry, when you oh. were in school. Oh, um,
0: you're talking about when her parents moved back.
2: Yeah. 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 Oh, move back to Atlanta. You, you said you're yeah. here and <clears throat> they loved it, but then they were like, eh, I don't love it so much. My dad, uh, they
3: always said that if he if they got the opportunity with Coca-Cola to move back to Atlanta, okay. they would take it. And they were like, Okay, so Rebecca's in fourth grade, my younger brother Thomas was in first grade. They're like, if we're gonna do it, we should rip off the band-aid now. Mm. Like it still scarred me. Like I'm like, Yeah, I I had friends, it was great. It's hard. I yeah. loved it. And like, you know, they don't really think about stuff like that. And like, you know, it's it's tough being a parent. Yeah. Making those decisions, but yeah, so we were down there because my mom's parents were down there, and it was just kind of more family.
2: Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, that's okay. So having to adjust, like, do you find yourself um, adjusting your empathy, like from state to state? Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it. Cause I find myself a little more aggressive when I'm in like New York Mm. versus when I'm in Minnesota. Like I, the people, I understand how to best navigate them here. Mm. And in New York, it's total chaos. Like it could be any which way. So I'm curious as to like in the South, do you have that same type of, like, do you find yourself adjusting a little bit?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was the funniest thing when I went with some of my friends uh, to New Orleans who were from the Midwest. I went, you're going to see me acting a little bit different with people. (laughs) I don't want this to catch you off guard, but it's just not going to be the way you normally see me because it's like, you know, going to restaurants and telling like women that are older than me, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and like being polite and (laughs) smiling a lot because I do smile a lot. It's just my disposition. But there, it's, the difference in the South is you're just polite to everyone. You don't know them. You smile, but you could hate their guts. Mm. But that's the way you act. And up here, um, it's, I mean, like, you know, you're you're enough, you know, polite-ish, but you're still, like, there's kind of a bit more, um, I think, tribalism in uh Minneapolis, because it's kind of like uh, the Midwest, it's cold, they're pioneers, right? The only way these people survived were to have these communities and band together and you're like, well, you're not part of my community, but okay, like don't freeze, you know, like we'll like help you out. So with people up here, it's like you, they have to warm up to you first, but once they warm up to you, they are loyal for life. Like you have a best friend for life. There's nothing fake about it. In the South, there's a lot kind of more fake friendships I would say that's
0: super interesting I absolutely agree that's that's really interesting I've never thought about it explaining it in the way because I called it clicks sure like when because we came from Oregon and that was something that we totally threw us off because every there was no real like everybody hung out didn't matter what you did when we came here to see like goth kids jock kids it felt like we were in, like, a bad movie, mm-hmm. like, playing up all these stereotypes. Sure. But that whole yeah. tribalism thing, that, that makes so much more sense the way you explained it. That's mm. super interesting.
2: Yeah.
3: I don't know. I think about people a whole lot. Like, I am i don't know. It's just very, very neurotic about it. I just, I'm very perceptive of people's individuals, and then, like, it expands, and it's just a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm hypersensitive with people.
0: Ah. Mm-hmm. I, I... Okay, let me back up here. So, you go to Atlanta. or Wait, wait, wait. So, no, yeah. You guys go back to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then you came up here for, for college, you said? Yes. Okay, yeah. so when did the acting thing come in?
3: Yeah, so basically starting in fourth grade, just kind of figured out, like, I was good at it, and um, did it, like, all, all through high school, and then for college, I auditioned for colleges and stuff. I made it into NYU, but no one has that money to be right. a broke... Uh, like, I remember I toured the school anyway, and I remember asking the admissions lady, like, running the info session. I was like, "Um, yeah, is it uh, fixed tuition, or does it go up each year? That's a fair question to ask, right? She goes, ha-ha, you pay what we tell you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. But so I... Wow. I'll, yeah, it uh, It's probably fine. I didn't go to NYU. That's that's okay. But (laughs) (laughs) if that was just the intro into that, but then I auditioned for the BFA program at the U of M, and I got called back. So out of like a thousand kids that auditioned, and yes, I call them kids because you know you're seventeen. Yeah. Um, they call sixty back. uh, Yeah, sixty back, and they have a callback weekend, and you stay with some people that are already in the program, which is already kind of weird. And um, like you, you bunk with them. And then you go through like uh, workshops during the day. And people kind of like watch you and observe you. And then you have like your second audition.
4: Mm.
3: And there was, oh my gosh, I'll tell this story on this. There was this <laughs> workshop that was led by the junior class. They're so like, the junior class just came back from London. I'm like, sweet, okay. <laughs> and there were no teachers present. Oh, longer. I thought you
0: were going to say no teeth left. I <laughs> Sorry.
3: because well, I went to London? <laughs> no teeth. But, but, okay, we're in the studio room, right? And we all had to lay down, like, on our backs. It was kind of dark. And they led us do a chakra exercise. Yeah, yeah, you heard the story. All right, so they start with, you know, this is your heart chakra. Place your hand on your heart chakra. Rub it. This is the area that accepts love, gives love. Now move to your stomach chakra. This is where you keep your ego. This is where you keep your courage and any kind of like fear or something. Access that. Touch that. How does that feel? Now move to your sexual chakra. <gasps> These were 17-year-olds having to rub their genitalia like on the floor for juniors in college and I was like this is so weird and so I just kind of put my hand oh I was just like a girl pushes my hand down and <gasps> goes participate oh, yeah so so that happened I did not make the BFA program and I'm like if this is what classical acting is like Dame Judy Dench like really knows how to go hard on her clit like I don't wow. yeah yeah like, it was, it was insane, and I was actually in a play at Park Square Theater uh, later on with a guy who ended up being in the program, and I go, do you remember that? And he goes, yeah. He's like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it, and I was like, you fucking whore. Like- <laughs> it's
0: my fuck you, Chakra. <laughs> That's really good. I like the F-U Chakra. F-U Chakra. Dude, participate.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Holy shit. <laughs> Have you done that on stage?
3: No, I told the to David Harris once, and he goes, "Oh, you should tell that in therapy." <laughs>
0: he's like,
3: "Oh, that sounds bad," but it's also David Harris. Like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> did he? Did he give you the number to his therapist?
3: <laughs> oh, he's keeping that number all to himself. <laughs> oh yeah, not accepting any other uh, clients. No, 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 no way. No. <laughs> wow,
0: that is so wild. Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> So something happens, right? You end up doing acting.
3: I, I did it. I did it anyway. Um, so I went to the U anyway because I fell in love with the school. I loved how it was like a campus, but then you're, you're right in the city too. But it's not like, you know, you're just like thrown into it. And it was my junior year. So I was 20 turning 21. And Theater La Tida, they um, partnered with the U of M to do Spring Awakening. Um, that musical it's kind of like this this like the music's really good it's all like rock bass and it's based on this German play about kids um, kind of exploring their sexuality or like kind of like the things that kind of go along with there's like teen suicide it's like a very like intense play this is
0: like the the boy in the striped pajamas?
3: No, no, not that kind of German. Oh. No, and not like the German porn either. Oh. There, there were, there were
0: no. That was my next
3: aliens. Guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, no aliens in this. <laughs> but it was cool, and I auditioned, and I considered it to be an ultimatum to myself. I was like, if I make it in this show, then I'll continue to do it. If I don't, I'll just cut it out and just keep going the advertising route, which was I was in school for. Oh. And I made it through. Um, there were like four callbacks. There's one callback where we literally had to sing. We were all in the same room and sing like the same 16 bars. It's like, you go, you go, you go. And I mean, like, it was just intense dancing, acting. And I ended up getting in there and being... One of the three students who was actually not just in the ensemble, but an actual like character, like I had like my own song and stuff. And like that was really cool. It was like really well attended. It won um, this this play. It won an Ivy Award, which is a local oh, yeah, theater yeah. award. Yeah. So we all got to like rush the stage and we were all excited because it was the best overall performance or best overall show for the Twin Cities. They got rid of the Ivy Awards, I think, two or three years ago. OK. Uh, but yeah, I was like a part of that. And that just kind of catapulted me to do um, Some more shows So that was really fun
0: Wow yeah so I remember the first time I, I saw you on stage uh, my, I was like Oh that's a theater kid for sure <laughs> That's what I hear Like you know how to project Making proper eye contact with everybody in the audience Like you, you're not Like staring at your feet Like <laughs> Would you mind scooching your chair Over just a smidge that way
2: yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah yeah Oh. oh, oh. oh yeah, 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 so back to the acting thing. Um you win the 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 Ivory Keys award. <laughs> Ivory Tower award. <laughs> <laughs> it it w- when did you f- first hit uh an open mic?
3: Oh, that didn't happen for a while because Yeah, that was when I was still in college. I turned 21 on that show. So, like, you know, you see some of these young people starting out doing comedy when they're, like, 20 or something. I was doing a whole other art form, and I didn't try it until I was 27.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm.
3: I honestly, just like with with theater and stuff, um, I don't know, just kind of just got a little disheartened from it. I ended up dating a castmate, and that just went, like, terribly. And just, like, the whole association was just, like, nauseating. And I kind of didn't want to do anything performative for many years. Okay. I worked I worked at Surly for a while, and then when I moved to, back to Atlanta, I worked at Sweetwater Brewing. So I was like, well, I guess I work in the beer industry now. <laughs> um, okay. And then I eventually hated that, and then I was just kind of drawn to, you know, coming back or people would tell me they're like oh you should do stuff and i'm like but i don't want to mm. like there's just kind of like almost that kind of like depressive element to it yeah that i kind of wouldn't even like recognize or even like speak up to but then when i was still in atlanta i was like fine let me try so i was taking improv classes again at dad's garage um which is like the big like, improv down there it's kind of like their huge theater
0: that's uh i think that's right next to doug's boner garage
3: (laughs) ah yes doug's so many boners in that garage but yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know and like i met one guy that also did stand up and he was like in my classes and i'd be like oh yeah so are you hitting up mics are you doing this and like he was like yeah i'm trying to and i'm like why am i encouraging him to do it like, I, I like, like I I should be doing this but the Atlanta scene intimidated me just a smidge oh, because I bet. it's 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 a lot it's a lot more I also knew two people who were already in it so it's like oh I don't want to start with people already knowing me like one I knew I went to school with him when I was in fourth and fifth grade <laughs> I was just like oh that's a little strange so I don't know when I decided to move back up to to Minneapolis because I missed it I was like i'll oh, I'll start it yeah and. It's the best decision I've made, so...
0: Where'd it's- you go? Sorry.
3: What was the... Oh, my gosh. The first mic I ever did, it no longer exists. It was... Uh... Was that brewing? Five six brewing?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, they did that, and then wasn't did... that
1: called like Uncle Dan's Chuckle Fest? That's or exactly something?
3: what it's called. Yeah, don't say was it something like that you was, know exactly what it was coy, called. Yeah, like, was yeah.
2: that like? <laughs> and then this, this Let absurdly me check long my title.
1: Flyer.
3: <laughs> but yeah, and it just it was uh, I don't know, I just really liked it, but also to um. Aaron Isaacs who does a comedy I knew him from college oh. it helps to kind of like kind of know someone because he was encouraging he like kind of told me kind of what to expect like
4: yeah
3: what mics were kind of like versus other ones people who ran the you know I kind of got the cheat codes a, l- right. a little bit and I don't know um I mean. was it
2: easy the first time um
3: the the first time um yeah it was fine because it was like a it was an open mic it was definitely jokes i'll never do again it was definitely written in a way that it's because i used to kind of write i'm like okay write three minutes of material as opposed to like okay i can fit x amount of jokes within three minutes
0: i gotcha. Yeah, yeah
3: yeah yeah but um i mean it it
2: went well i don't know because like i just yeah because you had that history like performing so yeah i was wondering if that translated to getting on stage to do something else like a different format
3: yeah it definitely did my biggest fear was just getting the mic out of the stand moving the stand like because as a performer you just use your voice and you have all these other technical elements to worry Mm -hmm. about but they're also someone else's problem yeah you know like, if your mic's not working, you're like, Rick, what the hell? <laughs> I couldn't yell that. Like, if I just, you know, just mess up or, like, knock my face, like, with the mic. That was my main concern, because every mic you go to, the mic is literally different. And it's just like, ah, I, just, I didn't want to look like an idiot without even talking. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: that was my main concern. Yeah, they might laugh at you. That's kind of funny.
3: Oh, yeah. Why would anyone want <laughs> that? Yeah, the, uh, the unintentional laughter. <laughs> I don't know, people do well, people fall on stage and still move um, (sighs) in uh, in contests, so like... (laughs)
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Some people fall on stage, and it's their whole bit, and then they get to go be on a radio station. (laughs) Their whole thing. That's their whole thing. Hump a stool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like more of a visual thing than a radio you'd
0: think so (laughs) but they were like hey that falling shit works perfect for radio
1: (laughs) just the crashing noise
0: and then they just put the mic down where he's at (laughs) (laughs) anyways so (laughs) it hits on you while you start doing open mics
3: oh no no see that's (laughs) see that's the messed up thing because i remember like talking later with some comics and they're like oh yeah didn't didn't you guys like uh," i was like no, we we were friends. Basically, any any guy I would just be associated with. And I'm like, that's not fair. And like super sexist and just awful. It's like, sorry, I'm a charismatic person that gets along with people. And also a comic that looks other people in the eye. I've been told apparently that's uncommon. I don't know, because like, I ha- I have this thing where a lot of guys will just talk to me about uh-huh. their lives. Like, I'm an unpaid, um, unlicensed therapist uh-huh. to a lot of men. <laughs> and one uh, comic's like, well, yeah, because you're nice and you listen and you make eye contact.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm just asking for it. Apparently. That's really funny.
0: <laughs> I, mine was more like a stab at how <laughs> just hits on people.
1: So
3: Oh, does? Well, he...
1: <laughs> now this podcast is getting good
0: <laughs> I take shots sometimes You, t- you take shots <laughs> I Take some shots Because uh, when all that stuff was going on uh, Like with Mackenzie How she shared that post sure. um, About uh, he who shall Legally not be named anymore um, There were comics that shared her post And I was like Dude you guys are you're, you're the thing that she's talking about. Red mm-hmm. is you guys. Also, people have told me things about you guys that are sharing this fucking post. It's like... Made me frustrated. And, uh... I mean, I'll probably cut this... <laughs> I mean, the whole... Yeah, people assuming that you're dating somebody just because you're nice to them thing. Mm-hmm. Um when when I was getting called out for defending uh these these females last year, um this radio station was like, "Oh, he's what what what's a married guy doing trying to fuck all these girls?" It's like, "No, like people are being shitty to them, so I'm just doing what a normal human being should do." It's like For some reason, when you invest in people, even a little bit, there's this perceived ulterior motives if you're of the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. Just fucking insane. You're wasting your
1: time, bro.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No shit. It's like
2: an incel mindset, I think. Yes.
0: That's a really good point. I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, Mara's a recovered incel. (laughs)
2: Recovered
4: (laughs) I'm
0: deep in that incel (laughs) Deep in
2: that life I've graduated Uh. to volcel. cell
0: Anyway so we'll cut back into the podcast (laughs) Uh, Any comic who feels like They're being called out in that Last segment Just change Just stop acting that way towards women And you won't feel so uncomfortable right now and I'm tightening in on the face, pushing in, pushing in, and scene. Okay. So. Great take. Great. Take. <laughs> One take, Chris, is what they call you. Yeah, it is what they call yeah! me. They also call me Chrissy Frump Dump.
3: Oh. Because
0: I have a Frump and a Dump. Um, there you go. Now, you've been doing stand up for a while now, and you guys have started to do, the, am, am I correct, in this virtual show? Yeah.
3: Yeah, so it's kind of like in two parts. So like when COVID first hit, comics started doing like social media stuff. Yep. Um so we did like an Instagram show that was cool. Like we it was nice cuz comics like doing it because we would co-host. It wasn't just like doing stand up for one person's face, you know, and we actually laugh and want to have a good time. But now we're doing uh, this virtual reality one um with um I don't know. Can, can he talk yet? He's, yeah, does a, he does. A, talks better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk.
0: Thank you. Oh yeah, uh, and, Andy is also a comic. He's also obviously someone's dad. Someone's
1: dad. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's called Rem Five Laboratory. Uh, it's a uh, in Saint Louis Park, the premier virtual reality company in. Minnesota. You know, i pull that mic a little closer to you. I'm not good with technology. <laughs>
3: well, because he's 43 apparently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, um, it's cool. It's like uh, the comedians perform at the location using the virtual reality equipment uh, so you can see the movements of their head and hands. Uh so it works well for stand up because you can walk around on stage, you can gesticulate, uh you know if you're interacting with the audience, you can look at whoever you're talking to. Oh wow. Um you get to then... pick
2: like a, a skin or avatar? Yeah, you pick exactly. An avatar. Yeah. yeah,
1: and so we mostly just made our avatars look like ourselves because I think just starting out That's kind of the way to go because we're sort of trying to like simulate and make it as realistic as possible. But because it is virtual reality, anything's possible. You can make your avatar look like whatever you want. Um, You can manifest objects into the virtual space. Um, Mm -hmm. They had had a bong that we were (laughs) just a virtual bong that with our virtual hands, we could literally... Click the buttons on the controls to grasp the bong and pull it up and, you know, pass it around. Wow. And, yeah.
3: Yeah. And the comedy club space is really cool. It was like little, like, high top tables and, like, okay, space Okay. I thought itself I saw this yeah, cool. Yeah.
2: See, I'd be really interested to see how that evolves as people are able to incorporate that technology into what they're doing. Into as the a bits. performance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is insane. So, how did you guys think of that? Or whose idea was that?
3: Well, okay, so I get the Pioneer Press little, like, blurbs or whatever, um emailed to me every morning and I was like reading kind of the arts part. And they're like, ooh, there's this art gallery thing in St. Paul. You should check it out. And we did. And that meant they put four pieces of art, you know, on the windows and we just looked at them, which was fine. But we're like, okay, Rice Street, what's up? And uh, the guys who were running it were like, hey, hey, thanks for coming to the show. Thanks. Thanks so much. <laughs> they were like super like happy that anyone like came.
1: Well, they were on cocaine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> God if they were.
1: There did seem to be a lot of cocaine sales going down on that part of Rice Street, I will say.
3: (laughs) To be clear. But we mentioned, we're like, oh yeah, of course, that was super cool. And like we're comedians, so we get it like any way to kind of do your art. And um the guy it was Brian, right? Uh, yeah was
1: Brian was for sure the more vocal uh, and outgoing of the two I think I don't remember the other guy's name sorry other guy <laughs>
3: but he's like oh yeah we wanted to do this virtual um, comedy thing I run this virtual comedy like space and we actually reached out to Acme about it and I was like yeah I'm like okay um but we are like oh, well we'd 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 like to check it out or whatever. So Andy handed him, um, one of his 2000 printed business cards that he has uh, and said like, yeah, email me and, uh, we can kind of get something going and check it out. And he went to the space and he was like,
1: this will work. It's really cool. Because going into it, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't really know what he was talking about. And he sent me a link, um, to sort of look at a sample virtual reality. They call it, like, their training space or whatever, where you walk around and there's different postings on the walls that sort of explain how to use the stuff. Um, And that didn't really help me with figuring out what the show was going to be at all because, you know, I saw, like, different pieces of artwork up on the walls and stuff, and so, at this point, I'm like, so am I just going to be, like, standing by a painting, like, doing jokes as people, like, walk around this art gallery or something? Um, I don't know why it didn't even occur to me that we would actually just, like, have our own show. <laughs> and it would just be, like, a show, but in virtual reality. But, I don't know. So, how
0: how is it that people, like, check in? or? Yeah, does
2: it use, like, a someone like a server somewhere like a because I know there's virtual chat rooms I've seen those like how do people get into the show they have a link
1: yeah basically I mean our next one's gonna be the ticketed event so you'll need to purchase a ticket to have access to the link but the first one we did was a free show where we just shared the link and you you click on the link and I think you can also design an avatar uh, as a remote audience member watching from home on your computer um but we weren't we didn't really tell people that you know so the default is you just kind of show up as this like robot avatar and then when you laugh your head kind of expands and contracts <laughs> and like <laughs> But but uh, a highlight of the show for me was when Rebecca was on stage, and our drunken downstairs neighbor, who I gave the link to, was having a little trouble with the controls, and, <laughs> like just kind of held down the forward moving button and ended up like right on stage like right in Rebecca's face and (laughs) couldn't really figure out how to like back up or whatever and so it was just like and they didn't and, and a lot of people didn't name themselves so they're like these robot avatars with these weird names like like this one was like crest duck 123 or something like that so it's just like we have no idea like i thought I'm like is this my grandma or like who is this person who can't figure it out and then i was like having a smoke out back at the apartment building she's like yeah i i saw the thing it was really cool and i was like Oh really? Who like who were you? I was like, wait, were you Duck? <laughs> yeah, that was. Like video. no, it was like, Chad 42069.
3: <laughs> oh, Chaz was for sure making an appearance. <laughs> oh, but it was funny because yeah, as Andy said like that happened. So I like sidestepped away from Crest <laughs> yeah. And and cuz it was really annoying cuz this one person like he was like whispering Uh, uh, and everyone can hear it and I'm like hearing it in my headphones and I was powering through I was being a professional but then finally I was like okay duck whatever or
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. D- yeah ducks you gotta stop talking man you gotta and then with Crest Duck I was like you were all in my space if you were a man you were man spreading all over my stage right now you back up Crest Duck you crusty duck you back up so that was fun doing
2: crowd work uh, Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah. once people get the avatars you're gonna have some pretty unique crowd work and, like, and like literally mom. like Fred Flintstone is gonna be in your audience and, yeah. and my mom showed
1: that. up at the the show and she was also having some issues um she showed up whereas most people entered as an avatar her character whatever you want to call it was just a big you know rectangle like the camera on her phone and it was a live video screen of my mom that was 90 degrees turned sideways for some reason on the back end of the stage <laughs> And it was the freakiest, most nightmarish thing <laughs> to have my giant sideways mom right behind me while I'm trying to perform. But yeah, and then you can uh, chat, you know, uh, so you can like chat heckle the comedians, which is very distracting, I realized. Uh, oh, wait, so <laughs> getting heckled, like seeing these little heckle messages from my mother while I'm performing is also. You can actually challenge. see it. Like visually, I can see it in my screen in the goggles. Uh, okay, as wow. can everyone else. Watch. So,
0: are you guys using like an Oculus or do you have to go to this facility specifically? It's called
1: a Quest. You have to, we go to the facility and do it. But there were two people, uh, both comics, who uh, I can only assume are really into porn because they have their own VR equipment at home. Um, and one of them's John Stark, who I just know is super into porn. So that makes perfect sense. Sure, sure, sure. And so we had an issue with one of the um, devices that the closing comic was going to use. So to stall, we actually brought John Stark up on stage. And so he also had all the same equipment and was able... And his character looked like ours with rotating head and hands and all that.
0: Interesting.
1: So, yeah, I mean, anybody in the country who has VR equipment or access to it can perform. And you could do it from your computer too, but you wouldn't have hands and you wouldn't be able to move around as naturally just walking. You'd have to do it with the keyboard, you know? Wow. I, it's funny. Cause it, it sounds like
0: <laughs> it sounds so futuristic, but the graphics that I saw, it's also like, so, it it's I hate to say retro, but we're almost to twenty twenty one. Yeah, it
1: looks like <laughs> Nintendo sixty four Mario pretty yeah. much. Yeah.
0: So it's like it's futuristic in one regard and then like graphics is just so far behind in the Did
2: you ever see Lawnmower Man? No. Oh, this is a deep cut. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Continue.
0: <laughs> Do
2: you have VR equipment? No, I don't.
0: Are you getting some? No. Oh.
2: I'm poor. Fine. Start paying me.
0: Alright. <laughs> Pay me in uh, VR equipment. Mara sleeps on a tent on a floor. In on tent. a tent? Yeah, <laughs> on a tent
4: on the floor. <laughs> like Snoopy, she sounds like she's doing top. pretty good.
0: Yeah, she doesn't weigh much. <laughs> <laughs> Light as a feather. I did say that wrong. I'm old. See, I make fun of you for being old, but I'm old.
2: I figured you you would have been on board with... The goddamn Lawnmower Man bit. Well, but, I didn't want
1: to say the same it, but I think I, like, turned that off. <laughs> like, I couldn't get through it because I didn't like it.
0: Oh, it's a movie? Yeah. It was about you virtual. thought it was a guy? Oh, it was a game. Why? Because we were talking about virtual... The
2: context was was there. Why would she
4: she say,
0: have you you seen that game? We say that all the time. (laughs) It was about virtual reality. See, we're nerds. Oh. Oh! I actually might know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep.
2: All this goofy stuff. Oh.
0: Now I know what you're talking about. Okay.
2: There's like a character that ends up getting sucked into like a computer and being a crazy villain.
0: Yeah. Do you remember what the fuck was that? That movie where the uh, it was a Nintendo competition and you could win that one. The glove? wizard, yeah, yeah, yeah. The wizard was there. Nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. The classic. Was Fred Savage in that. Yes, movie? he was. He was in that. Because was it that his brother was autistic?
2: Yeah, and then Christian Slater was in it, and uh, Bo Bridges.
0: Oh wow because they go see the dinosaur in California
2: California Yeah, they go, they, he wants to go to California the only part was, like, of the that last... movie I
1: remember is like they get to the final contest or mm-hmm. whatever and it's like a game that he hasn't played before and they're like freaking out like it's not fair he's never played that <laughs> game before they can't change the rules <laughs> like that
2: yeah it was Super Mario uh, 3 <laughs> He doesn't know how to play Super. And then he knows all the secrets in the game for some reason.
1: Oh shit. I don't remember that. Yeah,
2: I think like there's like you have to like clip through a level. Like it doesn't make any sense to know intuitively, but he does it anyway.
1: That's awesome. I'm gonna have to rewatch that. Yeah, me too. I think I, I watched that movie in once. when I was 40.
2: I've, <laughs> I've seen it a million times, obviously. Toby Maguire's in it. Oh, really? Little mullet-having child. (laughs) Holy shit. I think he's like 10 or something. Oh,
0: wow. That is wild. It's so funny when when movies like that, like, um, the fuck is that, um, is it called The Outsiders? Um, With uh, Patrick Swayze and Rob Lowe. Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise with some messed up teeth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, looking back on that, being like, that's, those... Those are huge fucking names, to all be like, I mean, not necessarily nobodies, but like, not well-known actors all in this one movie. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy when shit like that happens.
2: Like how adorable <laughs> Tobey Maguire wow. is! Wow. Oh my gosh! He's there for like two seconds, like just—he's just a background character.
0: That is awesome. So
2: I know too much about the movie *The Wizard* <laughs> starring Fred Savage. Hell yeah! Uh, 1989.
0: Speaking of knowing too much, being that you've been on this earth for so long.
2: I, I, I love that you're doing that because we're the same age. You're 37? 36. Close enough.
1: Yeah, but... Well, and that's even older in woman years. So I'm like getting,
2: <laughs> I'm getting... <laughs> I'm getting, like, co-roasted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'm
0: fine with it. It's just, well, I'm just, just letting you know. I just, I mean, the, with the, the zip-up fleece, the, is it. does it say Menards over there? What's <laughs> it's says <just> Patagonia dicks. <laughs> <laughs> is that it
1: offensive? is that color of forest green, though.
2: <laughs> is Menards, like, an offensive
1: <laughs> I don't know. clothing to wear?
0: I'm just being an asshole. <laughs>
2: I would never be caught dead wearing Menards. <laughs> wearing Menards.
0: Yeah. I would never pair any Menards wear with my black Crocs and white socks.
3: That is a Menard style for it sure. They would style. in cap everything with white socks yeah. and black Crocs. Yeah,
1: I'm the old guy. You're in Crocs and sweatpants. True. <laughs>
4: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: It's so true. I <laughs> even I even fit uh, like. I it, mean, I'm wearing khakis and loafers, but still, <laughs> <fuck out.
0: laughs> it it all circles because there's there's paint stains on the shirt. That is the whole dad outfit. Is <laughs> uh, like on the sure. weekend. Saturday rolls around. Crocs, white socks, a shirt that has paint on it for some reason, and sweatpants.
2: You should start doing the southern guy voice all the time. You reach that age. Yeah. Spiritually at, at least.
3: I think very applicable. But it's funny, when we first started dating, because when I first saw him perform, I didn't think, I thought he was younger than he was.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I didn't think he was funny.
3: Uh, <laughs> Listen. <laughs> no, no. It was one of the reasons I first saw him go up at um, Bunny's open mic. Oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I was just a little stoned, but I was like, I think we'd get along and i was right so that's the moral of the story but i remember after you know we'd kind of been seeing each other for like just a little bit we're in bed and he goes how old are you huh? <laughs> he didn't know and i'm like how old do you think i am <laughs> and he's like oh and he thought i was a little bit younger than i was
1: okay do you yeah. did i say a number that's
3: brave. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I probably gave you the stare. I, I inherited I said, from like, Kathy. I think I just said, oh, I
1: thought you were younger than that. I don't think I said, like, oh, I thought you were like 19 or something. It did. The way that you pose it sounded like he was
0: like, oh, fuck. Did I just bang a minor? Hey, how old are you? <laughs>
3: No, no, he's uh, he's banged much younger than me. So no, he he. he, he Wait, are you he knows? He, he bang knows bangers? I'm not 19. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad roasting everyone tonight.
0: All right, I'm sh- a cop. The, sh- <laughs> <laughs> the charade is over. Chris Hansen Twenty-one. get in here.
3: 21. She was 21.
0: Ah uh, yes. So, anyways, last other
1: personal questions you want her <laughs> to. So um, who do you buy your drugs from, exactly?
2: <laughs> <laughs> name, last name. Uh, names.
0: Right. <laughs> Height, weight, eye color for some reason.
1: I don't have a joke answer for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, can't, I can't answer it for real, and I don't have a joke, so I don't know See, what to say. See, but you could but. have answered it for real as a joke, and nobody would have known. It's
0: like that Hannibal Burris bit where he says... uh Brittany Hansen, or whatever the fuck. Uh, it's like, He's like, I gotta stop yeah, using a real name. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, you have been doing comedy for
1: eight years. About, yeah.
0: 10. Yeah. Pretty close.
1: Yeah, about 10. Yes.
0: Um. Now, you started in South Dakota, yes? Nope.
1: No, damn it.
2: Hot or cold?
1: Uh. Georgia was it in Georgia?
0: <laughs> Is that how you guys actually met? North. Dakota. I started
1: in Madison and I moved to Minneapolis shortly after I started.
0: Okay. Were you going to school out in Skansen?
1: Uh Not at the time, but I did go to school there. Okay. I uh, while I was still in school, I went to an open mic audition, which isn't really a thing, but yeah, what the fuck, like. The Madison scene is really strong, but it's relatively young. So at that time, they didn't really know like how people did it in most places, and they kind of just did it their own way. And at that time, you had to go do a five-minute audition for just the manager of the club in the audience and no one else. And uh, he... Did, did he make you touch laugh. your sexual chakras?
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, I want to be a groupie.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, I had to perform for this one guy. I did not laugh at anything I said the whole time. And I think I bailed at about two and a half. And... Uh, he was just like, well, you know, you didn't pass the audition because you didn't fill your time, you know. And I was like, oh, but, like, if I would have, <laughs> you know, like, was it good enough for the time that I was just up there? Just take it and double it, whatever? please. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> Prices, basically, right? like, if I come back and do it and, and make it through the whole five minutes or whatever, but i never never... Uh, I never had the courage to, to go back and do it again, and then by the time I started, they didn't have the audition thing anymore, so you could just sign up and do it.
0: I mean, that's so weird. So Yeah.
1: Weird.
0: That's <laughs> like, so bizarre. It, th- th- he, he watched one documentary about the comedy star and was like, I'm applying that to everything. Well, I guess that's like <laughs> how they
1: do it on SNL, kind of, but it's more than one producer that yeah. you audition for. Yeah.
0: Also, those are... F- <laughs> This is like the the concept of open mic is basically karaoke. That would like, you know what I mean? Like to have people audition for karaoke would be so fucking weird. Yeah. Like the the bar manager being like, okay, I want to hear you sing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> when does the bar open? It doesn't even open today.
1: You're performing for me. That would be but, a weird. Yeah, I was working at Buffalo Wild Wings at the time, and I they used to have these <gasps> kind of little Were like, you
0: cooking and you spilled some soda on your pants? And so you had to take your pants off. Mara, do you know where I'm going with yeah,
2: this? Yeah, I know exactly where you're <laughs> going with this. I don't know why you're going here.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <It's instant>. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a
2: there's lore that you have to know. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so some, chicken,
0: some raw chicken fell on your penis, and then you woke up the next morning, and then your penis was burning, and you th- think that you got salmonella on your dick. Did that happen?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm unconvinced, but okay. How do you know all that? But you thought I was from South Dakota. <laughs>
0: Ah. No, it's this this uh, this uh, Reddit page called what is it? Horny police?
2: The horny police, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, this guy was asking for help because he thought he got salmonella on his on his penis because some raw chicken fell just on fell it. and uh, happened to hit. That's
1: funny.
2: It on. He like, totally wasn't having sex
0: with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I'm sorry. You're working at Hooters and. <laughs> Adam Sandler walks in.
1: I I feel like it's hard to recover from your <laughs> like introduction to the story.
0: <sighs>
1: I'm sorry, beat ups. There's way too much build up to the beat up story now. I can't. <laughs> we got to skip past that. Okay, better. okay.
0: So, anyways, you start when? Yeah, when did you start like regularly hitting mics?
1: Uh, when I was, how old am I now? When I was 26. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, I guess it'd be like 10 and a half years now, almost. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, well, but, but actually it wasn't really until I moved to Minneapolis because there's only so mics you can, so many mics you can do in Madison and I wasn't funny. So I wasn't getting up every week. You know, I remember one week uh, they had o- they only cut two people from the show. So like twenty seven signed up and twenty five got on, and I was one of the two that they cut. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that w- that's another thing that you just doesn't happen. It's like just put twenty seven people on stage. <laughs> What's- oh, we can't have the show go six minutes long. <laughs> you know. We want to make these two people really feel like shit. And I think that was part of it. It was like I was getting really drunk before I was going on stage. And Uh uh, it was almost like we want to send these people a message like, you're not doing it right, you know. I feel uh, like that's
2: part of the fun of the open mic. Like, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen on stage. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Just
2: let anyone on there.
0: The Wisconsin
1: scene sounds very unique. Well, it's not a Wisconsin scene, it's the Madison scene, and then there's a little bit going on in Eau Claire, It it's not like one <laughs> statewide okay. group of individuals, but um, yeah, it's, it's mostly centered around Madison, but then there's also a really good club, uh, The Plus in Eau Claire, so.
0: Well, and Madison has on-state comedy now, right?
1: Uh, comedy on state. Comedy yeah. on state. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. I always say it fucking backwards, ding dong. I'm <laughs> an absolute schnitzel.
1: On state comedy, that's kind of cool. But yeah, that's a great club, and uh, it was a really, uh, it was cool because there were a lot of comics who weren't really household names at the time, but are now, mm. like Doug Benson, Todd Barry, uh, Mark Marin. And they all, like, they wouldn't play that club now, but ten years ago they did um, because it was a good club that funny comics wanted to come to, you know. And you could, like, hang out and shoot the shit with these guys at the bar after the show. And it's just like, you know, I don't think comics in Los Angeles have that opportunity to, like, chill with... You know, if you're just a new open micer, it's all very hierarchical. Mm. But when everybody in the entire scene can all just fit in the back of the room, you know, we watched all the shows for free. Um, and then after the show, they're just sitting there trying to sell their merch or whatever. And so, you know, you can drink with them. And then, like, sometimes they want to go out to the bars and stuff because is a really fun town to party in. Yeah. And you're right on State Street and their hotel's right there. And, uh, yeah, and then I also got to meet touring Minneapolis Comics that would work that club, and then they kind of told me, like, if you're really serious about this, you can't do it, you know, once every other week. Like, you got to come to a bigger scene where you can get on stage every night, you know? Because if you think about it, like, how can you get good at doing something if you practice three minutes every other week? Yeah. You know, like, you got to do it every day. Yeah. and that's what sucks about COVID cuz it's just like Yeah. We're just like atrophying, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting like so with the the show that that uh Mar is usually on uh Dude absolutely, Alex and I bring a premise at least uh once a week. So at least once a week we're we're having to try and work that muscle. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's fucking it's difficult to to try and work these these bits out. And then You have that like, yeah, I could go out and there are some mics open. Like I did do, I've done one set since all this stuff or one mic since all this stuff started and it was just so, it just felt like wrong. Like I, so it was at the Keller and, you know, watching them clean the mic down and people in masks and, and then the more drunk the crowd got, the more like, or the less that they started paying attention to when they were supposed to be wearing the mask and when they're not wearing the mask. And it's like, fuck me. I don't know want to be doing this shit. <laughs> and going into the winter months, like the, we were just looking at the COVID map, giant spike, uh, since the, the snow fell. And, uh, it's just, so like, not only is it weird to not be doing it, but when you do go to try to do it, it's like oh, this. Something feels wrong about it.
3: Well, it's strange, and um, we just did our night of the Sisyphus uh, contest. Oh and, yeah, and yeah, and he moved on. Yeah, hey. but um, it's weird because back in the day, you did the Sisyphus contest, right? And like the funniest person in Minneapolis. The room would be packed. Yes, it's a free event. People would come week after week because what? You get a few beers, you go order some Jimmy Johns. Like it's it's the best night of entertainment you can Comics have
1: on a Thursday. Comics who not on the show that night show up to hang out because yeah. their friends are there, and
3: and it's amazing. And then with COVID, it's like it's a ticketed event, and it's just it's just a smaller crowd, and it's just it's it's the whole thing with contests is it's like there's just this energy, and when it's like it's just smaller and ticketed. It just, it's just totally different. And yeah. it's just, it's just sad because it makes you remember how it used to be too. Yes. So you're like, not only is this not ideal, like I, I thank everyone that's still doing all these opportunities. Like I, I am so grateful for that. There's still showcases that like I get to be on. There's still mics I get to be on. I'm grateful for everything, but it's, it's just like, it just, it, it, it's hard to know what it used to be. Mm. And then having to exist in the environment that is, and then you have people watching, and they're laughing, and sometimes you know some people really, really get them, but they know they're out in public, they know they're in a in close, in close space, so they're tight, yeah. yes, they're tight, and I'm like, what are we even <laughs> doing? Yeah, you know, and like I did this showcase last night, and um, one of the comics who always wears a mask, even on stage, goes like. Should should I take off my mask? And my girl's like, no. <laughs> and the thing is, he did better than anyone else on that showcase. I think. Then they're watching us because we take our mask off. It's like, well, you have your mask off sitting there too. Like we, what you you want us to protect you? But it's not the other way around. I don't yeah. know. It's there's a there's a weird power dynamic going on between the audience and comedian right now during yes. COVID. It's it's very strange, and again, I hyperanalyze people, but I hyperanalyze this, and it's it's just strange. It is strange doing live comedy right now. Yeah, it really
0: is. But the other interesting thing, though, is that the podcasting world is gaining more recognition, and there's more of that going on. Yeah, I mean, I, there's people that have like are started clearly because COVID started, and and they're yeah. not as interesting to listen to, but um getting their sea legs hopefully (laughs) but yeah for the for those of us that have that have been been doing it like like you guys we were already doing it it's like it's it feels very similar to watching a room fill up you know what i mean Mm, like before a show starts Mm -hmm. when you see the listens that you get and you're like there's there's people and it's there's a safety net and like there's you know and and it's one hundred percent, you're controlling the narrative too. On top of that, which is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Which leads me into my next topic. Ooh. Oh great! <laughs> Do you need to take a po- <laughs> Do you need to take a potty break? <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. So, anyways, you guys are living <laughs> living in sin. Yes, we are. Uh- <laughs> No, I was gonna say, um, are you guys are you guys still doing the awful service?
3: Um, yeah. So, um, it is it is still going on. Um, it's great. I. Well, no,
0: I meant like you. You're two. Are you two both still involved in
1: it? Is what I meant. So.
3: Um, I am. Okay. Yeah, I don't. know. Were you
1: not? I got in a fight with Joe Cokazalo, and we both got kicked off the podcast for a while, basically. Yeah. Joe's got some
0: issues to work out,
1: for sure. A
2: real fight or, like, a virtual reality fight?
1: (laughs) It started out as this, like, joking thing, and then it just kind of, like, escalated into this thing that was sort of, like, taking up too much space on the podcast. And then it became a thing where, like, he was getting, like, really out of control and belligerent, and then one of the guests sort of called him out on it. And he took it really personally, and it became this whole big thing. And then... uh
2: Sounds like content to me. It seemed
1: like... <laughs> I mean, I thought it was entertaining, you yeah. know? I mean, certainly, yeah. like, there's it's stuff about him that gets on my nerves, but it's also, like, you can play up the anger in a comedic way, and at the end of the day, if we're, like, still friends, you know, it's okay, but... Um, it's like the Opie and Anthony lore. You guys know who Opie and Anthony are? Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like
0: the, the uh, what was it, the Sam and Jim show now or the Jim Norton show? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it used to be uh, Opie and Anthony and uh, they fought like crazy and eventually the, the show stopped. But that whole, like, people wanting to hear more about that is why, like... Part of the reason why like the Jim Norton show is doing so good now is all hearing about all of the, 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 I don't want to call it bickering because they were like drama. Yeah, drama. There we go.
3: It's, it's, it's like a soap opera of a bunch of angsty unlaid dudes is what is what it is. And people, it's interesting.
2: But I don't They're know. They're called incels now. Mm-hmm. I'm I I trying to be
3: polite to southern to me. I'm like unlaid. But,
1: uh... Yeah, that's the nice way of saying.
3: It. <laughs> but I don't know. Well, also too
1: <laughs> sounds like a curse. tonight.
0: Like I'm not a virgin. Unlaid. <laughs> oh no! I'm a virgin.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I don't know. With the podcast, it was because okay. So during COVID, we were kind of getting our sea legs and figuring out like. How we would actually bring guests back on because we wanted to make sure we were comfortable with Zoom and all, and kind of had our rapport down in mm. the vi- in the digital space before we brought someone else in. So we had a lot of episodes that were just um, just us, you know. So it was it was Matt jo- Doima, Nate Smezrun, uh Jalen the audio producer, mm. and then Cocozella uh, myself, and then um, Andy came on because we were quarantining together. And it's like, yeah, bring Wags. He's great. He's awesome. That's great, and. We did some episodes with a few comics where it was like all of us, but um, I don't know. We kind of had our running gags and stuff, which was fun, but I think what happened with the other third mic was when they would have other guests on, he would take over the show too much and not let the scheduled, featured person shine, Mm. you know?
1: Or let Doima host his own show.
3: Yeah, yeah. And that got to be uh
0: which but I mean
3: <laughs> uh... <laughs> you know
1: sometimes the host needs a little help.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Go on. Anyways, uh... <laughs>
1: you got this.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, what I'm trying to say is yeah
2: yeah 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 oh, oh, oh
0: like I love I love the 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 fact that there's like a team built on it now cuz when it was Matt and Nate like it felt just like any other podcast. Sure. Yeah. Like it, there was a lot of like redundancy to it. But the now that there's so many um different machines or cogs in the machine, it's so cool. Like I love that. It feels like um like a production. Yeah. And which is which is really cool. And I I promise not to shit on anymore for the rest of the episode, but when you pause for laughter, <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're does, doing the opposite of a compliment. Sandra. It doesn't right read
0: very well on the podcast, and that that'll be the end of that. Anyways, so, <laughs> uh, so you get kicked off the show. Because I,
1: I stepped down. You have
0: anger issues, <laughs> which, by the way, um, I saw. Uh, Ollie sent me that that video where you play uh, that therapist. I haven't seen that yet. You haven't. Can I, seen I it? watch it before I leave? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't view the link. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll show it to you. But you're very funny. You did a I'll great job. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Thank you. And I so like I, that that is, okay maybe I'm not supposed to be talking about it. But, anyways, very cool.
1: Um, back to the podcast. Now, with the are you afraid someone's going to steal the idea of doing a TV show? No, I just don't know if Ollie wants me
3: talking about talking about it.
1: It's awesome though. I
0: I like I love how many comics he included into it. Um, like the gas station scene. Uh, because I was watching it with Kim, and I was like, Oh, that's that's so and so, and that's so and so. It was. It's just so like. I mean, I, 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 I jerk. So there's off. a
1: gas station scene.
0: <laughs> I jerk. I, I, I stroke uh, Ollie's ego like once a month, and oh, I just, he needs that. <laughs> I just, I love. Where's that
2: he- the ego chakra?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: the stomach. The stomach, actually, that is where you keep your that, ego. That sounds adorable. You're just rubbing someone's yeah, tummy. You're just rubbing
0: but yeah, I, I love like how much he wants to include people, and yeah. I think that's really cool. Sorry, I got derailed there just because <laughs> of things. um like are you finding things for Karen to do, or is Matt providing you stuff like
3: he's he's providing the stuff. I sent him one that I want to do because, like I said, he's I work at Surly, and there was this absurd Yelp review like Mm. this guy just got so insane he was like this place is about the beer but you come in and there's screamo music man and it sucks and you walk to the host stand and get confusing gestures so just sit at the bar man have regular food like, why do you have like ranch that has rosemary? Like, stop <laughs> trying, stop trying, and like it just goes on and stop on. Like, it's the, it's like the broiest like thirty four year old man complaint I probably ever heard. And I, well, the thing is, upset older dudes just they they scare me and delight me at the same time. Because yeah. when when I worked at Surly, I was a host. I was on the patio. And this one guy comes up. He's like, how long would it be for a table at 12? And I'm like, well, you're kind of looking at like an hour and a half. He's like, okay, what about just six? And I was like, it'll be a little, it'll be a little short. I was like, I was like, I try not to be condescending, but I like to treat people like adults. I'm like, oh, you see those picnic tables over there? He's a like, "Yes." I'm like, that seat's 12. So an entire table has to get up, you know, with different parties in it for that to happen. You know, like, so he's like, okay, well then six is half. So yeah, we'll do six. So he walks away. And this other nice family comes up. They're like, oh, six. And I told them the same time. And they're like, oh, well, wait, that's fun. There's a beer garden. Ooh. The guy comes back up. He's like, put the other six on, but to split us up. I was like, OK, fine. Or he said, put the other six on. And I'm like, well, there's another party between you. And he's like, fine, whatever. Because, because God hates me, an entire <laughs> table got up. So this man thought he had this entire table. When it should have been to the six and the nice family. He lays on the table in front of our supervisor and manager and goes, this is my table. This is my. He wouldn't get off of the table. This grown man with a car, children, <laughs> responsibilities is laying on a table in Prospect Park acting like a child. Like men scare me. Wow. Yeah. I don't
2: know. That's insane. Yeah. This is my table. There are many <laughs> like it, but this one is mine.
3: I feel like he says about every My table every is possession.
2: my life. <laughs> life is table.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. That's really funny. I mean, not funny. Funny, <laughs> but not funny. Horrific.
2: No, Full Metal Jacket is a very serious film.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw it. Well, they d- they do that in um, fucking Jugheads. Did you see that movie? No. Jake Gyllenhaal. About oh yeah, Jarheads.
1: Love- Jarheads. Oh, yeah, that's what I was <laughs> oh, Jarheads is Archie, isn't it? God, I love it when you say shit wrong.
3: <laughs> but I can't tell if it's a bit. He
1: says,
3: <laughs> like, yeah. you know, Jugheads. Let's do
1: the Archie crossover
2: now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. film that. That's Jake Gyllenhaal plays
0: Archie. That's what I...
3: <laughs> but I do like that movie, but I like Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah.
0: I also like Jake Gyllenhaal. He's
2: mm-hmm. great in <laughs> Spider-Man.
0: yeah, yeah. He was really just good
2: kidding. You didn't like him as Spider Man? No, that was Tobey Maguire.
0: Oh, I meant as uh, Rey Mysterio.
2: Oh, shit. He was actually <laughs>
0: in the Spider Man. <laughs> See, I could tell what
2: you were doing. And there's. Was... <laughs> oh, my Land God. Blade for the stun folks. <laughs> nice. So I have my thumb on the pulse of popular culture.
1: <laughs> Is that how you take a pulse? <laughs>
2: Uh, we're, when we grew up, back in the long, long ago, <laughs> the before you get times, get a better
1: read if you use your <laughs> thumb.
2: Well, it was like I don't know. Where did you learn CPR? Oh, I know that was that's, the, that's how you pick a watermelon. <laughs>
1: I had them mixed up. I got my thumb on the watermelon.
0: (laughs) I had a
2: stethoscope for the watermelon, and I was doing the thumb. All right. Thumb on the (gasps) rind.
0: God damn it, that's funny. Okay, well, I mean, okay. uh, It's time for our favorite segment, Mara.
2: Uh, uh, Oh, we're supposed to be quiet.
0: (laughs) Oh, they're like, oh, okay. Thank you.
3: Thank you.
0: Awesome. So we open them up and we... Well, I mean, I, I don't think we need to sniff these ones. Ice cream sandwiches are ice cream sandwiches. I'm going sn- to sniff mine. Okay. So give it a sniff, see what it smells like. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's usually what we do with the snack.
3: Does this, this oh, wow. have a nice pleasant aroma? Yeah. You walk into an ice cream shop, it smells like this. I'm buying. Yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you had these before, Mara? It's almost... Yeah, I, I, I do smell that coconutty. It's very light. What do you think? Smells lovely. I'm ready to dive in.
1: I love it. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Too bad
2: they're like 20 bucks. Fuck! <laughs> no, they're not. That's <laughs> just vegan stuff is really expensive. God
1: damn, yeah, these are really good. What yeah, are they
0: called? A... So delicious.
3: Well, they're right on the money with that. i mean
0: kind like, cocky, I don't
1: know.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, not original, very inflated ego, but accurate.
1: So you're going to have one of these and a Coke?
2: <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my entire diet. Oh my God. The co-op. But they, oh. they have these at like uh, normie grocery stores <laughs> <laughs> where no one has dreadlocks. <laughs>
0: and there's no
1: midgets
3: (laughs) oh we were at a cub once do you remember that and someone got like beaten up oh yeah (laughs) so we we just entered this cub it's the one like in the quarry kind of like close to the U of M campus okay we walk in we're just in the produce section and we hear this woman come on the intercom and just go
4: If someone can help, please help. Anyone,
3: please help. Everyone stops dead in their tracks. All the shoppers. Apparently, um, someone was quarreling with a cashier. And um, I don't know. um, But then like heard like that plea. And this guy from the back of the deli department runs up to help. And then that guy slugs that like, um, I don't know. Do you remember exactly what
4: happened? I don't remember
1: exactly who happened. I just remember by the time we got up there, the cops were there and they were mopping up blood in the front entryway. Yeah. I don't think I saw any of the blows exchanged.
3: Well, we were listening to the guys stalking the dairy section and they were like retelling it. So I was like picking up eggs, like (laughs) listening (laughs) really close. And yeah. And this
1: was like just after lockdown, I think, when people. Or no, was it before then? I think it I was don't... before lockdown. Yeah. Was just, just another dad cub normal. in Minneapolis. Wow.
2: During their plea for help, were they like, in aisle two? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can we get a clean up in aisle two of human blood?
2: Can I get a manager to
0: register five? That's the one I always hear. <laughs> Can I get a manager to <laughs> register seven? Sorry, ma'am, I just don't have change for that $100 bill. That's why you need to come back to Walmart. That is why we need to come back. Because I need those
2: pages in my life.
0: (laughs) Uh, I used to work at Walmart. Oh.
2: Yeah. I wish I could say that.
1: (laughs) You still work there?
2: (laughs) Once again, the Mitch Hedberg, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just am gaining so much weight and i i know that now that i've eaten those ice cream sandwiches i'm going to buy them again i'm going to gain more weight it's non-dairy so there's
2: less calories
1: oh okay that's true did you know? we eat all of them <laughs> did we eat all sorry, of them? sorry what
2: did we eat all of them i'm sure they keep manufacturing them <laughs> <laughs> They weren't that expensive. We ate half the box.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Fuck. Um, so, so I, I I wasn't sure if I if I would bring this up or not. So maybe I cut it out. Maybe I don't. You tell me. But when the stuff with he who shall not be named like started coming out, yeah. had you experienced any of the shit? that like so many of these other women had experienced. Yes. <laughs> okay. Would you care to talk on that? Didn't think so. Anyways,
3: <laughs> back to
0: you. <laughs> it's my story to
3: tell. Yes it is, Andy. Um with him specifically, no. But also and this is how I kind of like talk about how I started stand up and I already knew someone. I kind of knew what people were like, and I already had made friends, so I wasn't a lone person going into some of these spaces. Okay. Like, I could walk up to guys and be like, hey, like, what's up, man? Like, how you doing? And I don't know, but then again, he just may just have not wanted to harass me, and that's fine. I may just not have been his harassable type. I don't know. But, I mean, with that, with that stuff... I, I don't know because I mean that was like very obviously bad and blatant and very just not okay. But there's like other just like micro things that just kind of like happened. Just in my experience, just as a, a woman and a white woman, like I can only speak from that angle. Yeah. Um, is just like kind of like th- the micro things and just like it's like u- using using power. Um, and also too, if guys are like creepy, it's. It's 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 I don't know it's just kind of like weird or like, like they pretend to be your friend you know or especially I remember like with one comic it's like you know I thought like we were kind of chill Um, he asked me to get a drink one time and I did and then we were getting a drink I was like oh yeah I'm I'm not interested in like dating comics or anything I just said that and then like later on, I was like oh do you want to hang out another time he's like oh no like I'm busy I don't know. so then I don't know I think it's just a thing with men in general, but with comedy, it's strange because, like, when you're a woman starting out with comedy, they're like, ah, fresh meat. Yeah. You know, and these are some guys that just their only social interaction with women is in the comedy scene.
0: Oh, interesting. If you really
3: think about it, it's not even with jobs, you know, like a lot of them, it's not like a lot of these guys have a traditional job where they have to learn how to talk to Susan, you know, down the cubicle over and talk about her children and Weight Watchers. Like, they don't know how. Well, and
0: there's structure in that environment, too. Whereas in comedy, it's like a Mm free-for-all. That's really interesting. But also,
1: like, if you work construction and your crew is all male, or if you work a line cook job and all your coworkers are male you're not working in the professional corporate world you're i mean, I remember working in the kitchen you know it's like i hate to use the word locker room because i don't want to evoke the trump locker room talk thing but it was like it was all guys there you're not within earshot of the customers and so you can and you know we all hung out after work a lot of us were Roommates and stuff, you know, tight groups. So, of course, we're going to talk about inappropriate shit, Yeah, you know. Um, but, yeah, it, it's weird because that now, like, sexual harassment um, policy is making its way into those industries, you know. But it, it's sort of lagging and there's still still huge problems with... With that kind of shit, and then with comedy, it's there's no structure at all. There's yeah. no, there's no HR. There's no grievance process, you know.
3: And what's hard is, especially with the he who shall not be named, and like um, the screenshots of, um, the person who came forward talking to another comic about what was going on. People would see that and didn't know exactly who that comic was for a while. Mm-hmm. Because we went, that could be so many guys. Mm -hmm. Like it's that they don't see what's wrong. And that's really disheartening. And I mean, like I I posted a status like when this like came out about it, because I felt like I should say something. I didn't want to be totally silent about it. And it was just something about like, you know, just like with some of these men and just being so dense. I'm like, it's so disheartening because how can I possibly teach a grown man to behave differently. I can't do that. We can't do that. Like this stems from something that needs to be treated and helped. And that's why I said something about like, dude, the thing is if you have anything going on that gets away with your relationships, gets in the way of your professional work, there's a problem. Mm -hmm. And for this individual, this is a problem that affected his work. He lost his room. He lost shows. It affected his relationships with people. So it's like, and then he made this big thing like, oh, I'm going to go get how." I was like, okay, good, good. But then he started doing an open mic again and stuff, like running an open mic. And I don't know, just.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating. I, I mean, like I, I mean, I've always been like hypersensitive to that type of shit growing up, but I, I just didn't. I didn't realize it was still so bad until I started doing uh, hitting these open mics. And then, when we started to have uh, female comics coming on here after we would wrap up, they, for some reason, would just spill out all of this horrible shit that was going on. And so I became like very frantic. And I have um, uh, codependency issues too. So like that feeling like I have to be the one that writes these injustices. So like I've gone uh, against these like, like I would. I have the stance that like the same thing that I do with my kids where if they come home crying because so and so did this, I say, "Okay, is that everything? And it's like you didn't do anything wrong. This is what dad is here for like if that's what really happened then I will go and have that conversation with them. So like I did the same thing with with these comics and it's like it it broke my heart for them to go you can't say anything. You can't do anything. They are especially towards him like multiple comics. Like the stuff that he got in trouble for was what he got caught doing. Correct. It does not uh speak to the horrific shit that he is accused of doing um, for the people that haven't come forward and it it, so the whole thing is so frustrating and was like maddening to me to like it can't be this cancel culture oh I'm just I'm a victim of cancel culture you're most of these people who like do these things it's not just that that's just the surface like there is gonna be so much more shit and i think that's why like this whole crying wolf about cancel culture thing is really happening because i think on the inside they're panicking like oh man if they find out about the other shit then i'm really fucked
4: mm-hmm.
3: well and i feel bad well <clears throat> like some some male comics like they'll like they, they, they'd say nothing or do anything wrong but like oh did I cross a line or something because like they almost feel like because I'm a woman like I'm a tape recorder or something <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like you guys like we're fine and like there's I mean to say male comics just sounds like sadly redundant but you know like there's great guys and like I I love so many people in this scene and stuff and like some people who I really look up to and like run rooms and like you know um have like really helped me and stuff and um but also just <laughs> another like element to it it's like you kind of yeah it's like the not calling each other out mm. but then also too it's like some people are like oh yeah we have to look out for our female comics but it's like it's almost like saying oh yeah no one touches my sister but then you go and treat mm. other women differently it's like okay it's not just female comics it's how you treat every woman and then pass that because they're mostly straight white males Mm
4: -hmm.
3: how you basically anyone who is other than yourself because you only know how to kind of associate with people that are like you so anything that anyone that is different it involves effort and guys don't like effort Mm. so i don't know just knowing just how to treat people better and stuff and also just kind of call things out and i don't know but with the with the harassment stuff that's going like that's going on that's just not
1: i have a well i would say former friend now that i used to play disc golf with who uh i sent him this screenshot of the in- inappropriate text messages and he was like oh that's it i thought it was gonna be a lot worse like i don't I don't see, like, he didn't see anything wrong with it, even after seeing the conversation. Like, I mean, it's just, uh, this, this willingness to, to defend your friends no matter what they do. Yeah. You know? Well, and, um, what the fuck was I going to say?
0: Oh, um, the, that whole, like, uh, that, that fear of, I don't, I don't even know how to talk to girls now.
3: Oh, like, yeah, that bullshit. I
0: hate that.
3: Well, there was this one guy <laughs> at this open mic, and uh, this was at Uproar, um, voted the best open mic in the Twin Cities from the now deceased city pages. Um, so basically anyone at Uproar can perform as long as you're not a cishet white now. Um, so, so, I mean, the thing is, there's still guys that can perform. They just can't be, you know, white. You know? Mm-hmm. So you still get some male perspective or stuff on stage. And this one guy, he was like, oh, yeah. So I was leaving like Acme one time and I I don't know. I, I saw this girl and I thought she was cute. And I was like, hey, let me walk you to your car. So she, I followed her. To her car and then was like hey can I take you out sometime and she said no and I'm like what the hell what do I have to do to get laid I'm like what (laughs) A if you think that what
0: this is a bit
3: yeah I, I, I I had to leave the room like it was so it was just so bad on so many reasons just so many levels and I don't know and then I found out he's like a young dad too. I'm like, "Oh, you've a kid. This is fucked up."
0: I mean, to to mention Acme at Uproar for one. <laughs> <laughs> let's start there. Is this guy is is this guy done stand up before?
3: Um, he was uh he was pretty new. He doesn't really get out too much. It's not like he's like Produced any shows okay. or anything like that. Like, he just, he kind of pops in and out here or there. But yeah, very much um recreationally.
0: Okay, okay, okay. I was going to say, there's like, that just sounded so weird.
3: <laughs> well, it was so weird. And like, I mean, I talked to Dave Vaughn about, I was just like, that's not, I mean, that's not. I don't know and like he said like yeah like they all agreed and stuff and like Maddie like they took the stage after and was like we don't like what was that? Yeah. And like and that was only a a little bit of a five minute set of things just keep just kept just like going wrong and I'm like you're doing this on stage in front of people like in front of like the most liberal progressive (laughs) like audience you can possibly have in Minneapolis. Yeah. <laughs> so I That don't almost know.
2: sounds intentional. Like they were doing oh. that on
0: purpose.
3: But like he did a, this is a very charismatic man, might I add. Like very good looking, dresses very nicely. And I don't know, I think he kind of got away with it a little bit. Wow.
1: Sounds but like some... a weak game though. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know his his game does settle off. But the thing is that's a, the, the thing what I've noticed with uh, some male comics is for women it's like a lose-lose battle. If you're too attractive, it's one mm. thing. If but then it's like, "Oh, we but then it's almost like you have to have some kind of fault for us to laugh at you or I don't know. You yeah. have to kind of clown clown yourself in the way of your appearance. In a certain way. But guys, man, oh, if you're just like the carefree, good-looking, funny guy. Oh, a girl's like, ha, ha, ha. And not even listening to what you're saying. But it's like, oh, he's just so charming on stage. It's like, did you hear what he said <laughs> about his ex-girlfriend's bathroom? Like, did you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can get away with a lot. if Good-looking young guys in comedy can get away with a lot.
0: Mm, okay. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird, it, yeah. It's it's weird to try and look at uh, stand up now, like from the lens of the audience. Like there are yeah. certain rules or like guidelines that play in my head, but for the most part, I don't. I can't. I don't really see it from the audience viewpoint anymore.
3: You have it's like an it's like putting on VR goggles, like to bring it all back. But that's yeah. that's what it is. Cause I, I was talking with us at comics last night at CCU. Cause he did a showcase and like just so, the crowd was cool for part, but then we all lost him like halfway through and we're like, what happened? So we're like, okay, let's figure it out. But you do have to like go in the perspective of an audience member. And sometimes it's as basic as like, what do I look like on stage? What, like, it's like, what are these people perceiving? Oh, or, okay. what I like to say is, okay, so you see like some road hacks, right? Mm all fat jokes. They're bigger guys, probably like maybe, maybe like almost 40. People like them because young girls go like, oh, that looks like my dad or my teacher. Guys go, I like him. It looks like a guy that's on my bowling league. And women are like, oh, it looks like my husband that I have to fuck. That's hilarious. And it appeals to kind of that broad thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. The same yeah. people that uh watch impractical jokers.
3: That's exactly it. But there's something that is a little relatable to everyone is in that old oh. fat middle aged white guy. I get like, what you're saying. You yeah, there's some you identify he that man is somewhere in your life somehow. Mm. But let's but you know, like um like a, a twenty a twenty three year old like woman, young woman doing stand up, it's like people are just like Sex. Like that's that's the only thing they associate with that person. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, you're young enough to be my daughter. Why do you have opinions? And I don't know. So it's like so that archetype of the overweight, white, older man works because he's relatable to everyone and he's in everyone's home.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah. And they're not like they don't realize how unoriginal the material is <sighs> because like it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of somebody who doesn't watch standup comedy every night. And like when you see a hacky road comic, that audience doesn't realize that that's not the first time that somebody's told that joke, you know? And so they think it's just as funny as the first time, but you know, you kind of doing comedy long enough, you kind of hear the same jokes over and over again, you know? And it's just... uh, What would you say was the the turning point for you? Like, when
0: did you feel like you actually figured out writing and were, like, proud to do
1: this shit on stage? I think I've always been able to write, but it was more the, like, stage presence and getting comfortable on stage and then um, being able to improvise and be myself and be the same person that makes my friends laugh spontaneously in real life trying to like recapture that on stage and that that took me years to develop you know I think like I've always kind of like been able to kind of do the joke structure and like you know find a way to have a misdirection or something like that and kind of like cut the fat out of a joke and like you know do transitions and callbacks and all that shit but like just being really loose and just you know I I had such bad stage fright for so long and that works in your favor and it works against you you know and a lot and it would depend on the gig or who is in the audience you know I'd get really nervous for open mics if there was some comedian who I like idolized in the audience because I would want them to think I was funny or whatever um so, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, if I could pinpoint an exact time when it's like, okay, that's that's when it happened. But I, I will say that um, maybe a year and a half into doing comedy, I quit drinking, and I started uh, working at Brave New Workshop and taking improv classes, and the improv and the sobriety. And you know, people would say that like you can use what you learn in improv to help stay sober, you know? Um, just kind of applying that yes M attitude toward your life. Like a lot of people kind of use improv skills to maintain sobriety. But um that was the real turning point for my career where people noticed a change in my stage presence. Like, oh, this- <laughs> Guy's a lot sharper on his delivery when he's not slurring and stumbling around. Um but also with the sobriety, the stage fright thing became more of an issue too, because I couldn't drink to take the edge off, you know. So it was kind of like a whole it was kinda like starting over again. Yeah. You know.
0: That's uh that's really interesting. I didn't know you were you were sober.
1: Yeah, well I- uh, yeah, from alcohol, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, so like sobriety to me is whatever was making your life unmanageable. And so if... Drink, right, right, right. So
1: right. like if drinking was that thing to you, then that's... Right, all. like a sex addict can drink and be like, I'm sober because it's not what they're talking exactly. about. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: But the the first... So, I don't know, uh, it must have been like a month ago now that I that I... Did the Keller mic and that was the first time I had done stand up sober maybe ever and it was also the like the first real time that I wasn't leaning on like you know how uh, like when you're testing out new material you have your phone or your notes set on the table where your drink is and you kind of make it look like you're going to get a drink but you're looking at a note real quick and then it might not be the full joke written out there but like you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. I I leaned on that way too much even though I knew my material and I like before going on stage I was like I know it I don't I don't need to keep looking at my fucking phone this is insane and so it was the it was a weird like uh, uh roller coaster of emotions of being like where could I be at if I had gotten sober sooner And like wasn't relying on this bullshit that I definitely didn't need, and then
1: and then also having to rebuild that reputation, yeah, and and try to not be known as the drunken fuck up open micer comedian, you know. Yep. Yeah, and I one of them.
0: I didn't. I didn't even realize like that. I that I like had that persona, and not that people like were super negative about it, but, like, there was just... Everybody had one example of me, like, not being able to drive home, or, like, just being... And, like, now that I know I have, like, hypomania, like, being manic on stage and, like, just saying all kinds of weird shit and people, like, not being sure if I was going to make it home or not because it was just so fucking off the wall and drinking on top of it, like... So everybody had some kind of example of that and I had no idea that I was perceived that way at all. So yeah, like I I get that too like it's it's all weird. But funny thing, so I th- had that like realization where I was like, yeah, all right, I fucking know it. Got the shakes, dry mouth. And so like the anxiety was still there, but I knew my material at least. <laughs> That's interesting, man i mean this is this whole thing is so weird i love i love 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 being able to talk shop and like this is what i miss the most about the open mic scene is like the hang afterwards was my favorite part like going like going over bits and stuff like that and i i i'm lucky that we have this podcast where we can still do that to some extent and uh, thank you for letting me fuck with you, by the way, so much throughout the episode. <laughs> I never really consented to <laughs> that. It just kind of happened. Um, you guys both did improv, though? Yeah. I do this very often to people who have not done improv. I've never been able to do it with people who actually know the improv. But I do something called directional improv, where I set up a scene, and then you guys go for it. What do you think, Murrah?
2: I'm incapable.
0: No, no, no. You don't have to do anything. Thank God. <laughs>
1: Unless you want to help me figure out a so- scene for them.
2: Sounds lovely then.
1: Um, okay. So you're doing improv, but you write a script and yeah, then you yeah. say the lines. And then, and word for the word. Script.
2: And, the <laughs> and we get the best take. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, Anybody so, want to read these improv jokes <laughs> I wrote? Like for, for Grant and
0: Ryan, I set up a scene where uh, Ryan was the best. The, like the intake officer at a jail, and Grant was being um, admitted into this 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 jail, and <clears throat> I, I said, so Grant or Ryan, you're gonna be pulling things out of Grant's pockets, and like taking them, you know, into inventory or whatever the fuck, and uh, and then you have to. So they had to improv the shit that was coming out of Grant's pockets, and then Grant would have to explain it. Ah, oh, yeah, and all that fun stuff. Can we do that one? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I'm having a mental block.
2: This is your thing. It <laughs> is my thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually my thing. Okay. I thought you wrote something down.
0: Yeah, I thought I did, too.
2: I, I listened I don't, to the show, I have my phone. this is shocking behind the
0: scenes. <laughs> oh, you thought, like, everyone? No. Yeah. I normally make it up. Oh. No. Like uh Ryan Call quitting comedy and he has to go to the dean of this college and tell him the reasons why he's Don't gonna Don't tell quit the comedy. old ones, you gotta <laughs> tell the <a> new ones. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that it's it like jars my, my memory to get something better. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, 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 okay. Uh you okay. You work. There we go. All right, got it. All right, I work. <laughs>
2: Is that a stretch? You work, at it, you
0: work at an ice cream shop, and there are, there are a plethora of flavors available. I would like you to be customer, and you're going to ask for samples of flavors. And, and,
1: oh, and, and, and hilarity will ensue. And
0: hilarity
1: <laughs> will mark, ensue. Question mark, question
2: mark. Profit.
3: Yeah, can I have a sample?
1: Uh yes you may. I'm helping someone right now, but when I'm done helping them, you can have a sample.
2: Okay. <sighs> I'll wait.
1: <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so
2: many calories.
1: <laughs> you ordered the chocolate chip cookie dough <laughs> six scooper. Yes, it's a lot of calories.
2: I'm just talking I'm just Here trying to do the Weight Watchers math.
1: That'll be one dollar. <laughs> Next! <laughs> Hi. Can I help you?
3: Hi. Uh, uh, Kevin? Uh, it's I...
1: Kayvon.
3: Um, Kayvon, can I have... A... We're already at another... Double
1: raspberry sorbet! Oh. Double raspberry sorbet! I think you're seeing people
3: and... Um, <laughs> you're... T- Uh, There is no one else in this ice cream shop, sir.
2: Is sorbet ice cream?
3: Okay. Um, I'm going to ask again, Kayvon. Can I have a sample? Yes, you may. Okay. I like to sample the bananas and cream funfetti.
1: I'm not doing samples for that. It's uh, by the bottle only.
3: (laughs) Do you think there could be an exception?
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess I could open one of the bottles, but then you'd have to pay for it. Do you want to pay for the sample?
3: Well, that negates the whole purpose of a sample.
1: All right. One double bonbon confetti bottle.
3: Thank you.
1: Do you like it? It yeah. really... uh Percolates.
3: Here, listen. Okay, I'm trying to get the perfect ice cream for my grandpa's funeral, and you're just fucking around giving ice cream scoops to no one. I'm just trying to find the best thing.
1: Well, how did your grandpa die?
3: Uh, Diabetes. Duh. That's why I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a question? It was a question.
1: Well, we do have a a bereavement discount. You can get a... five percent off of our vegan ice cream sandwiches with the death certificate
3: (laughs) with the death you're just trying to pawn off your vegan ice cream that you can't push at your little dairy prince over here
1: (laughs) (laughs) dairy prince is the third largest dairy ...themed ice cream chain in this part of upper western middle Wisconsin.
3: <laughs> um, Kayvon, you seem so proud to be a part of the Dairy Prince family. Like,
1: Well, I am a direct descendant of the lineage. <laughs> My grandpa, Davon, and <laughs> his, his father, uh, Mavon... Mavon Dairy. Yeah, it's a family name. It's all non-dairy ice cream.
3: You have a you have a family rhyming first name. <laughs> you had to keep the rhyme going.
1: No, I don't. My dad's name is Bill. <laughs> it's not everyone in the family, so
3: it skips a generation. <laughs> I understand. No,
1: it's my grandpa's. My great grandpa's Mavon. So it it's two generations in a row, and then it skips a generation. And then it's two generations, and then it skips two generations. And then, so my great-great-great-great-great-grandmother was Pam. It does, it's not on the female <laughs> side. It's only the men that have the rhyming. Uh, but anyways, uh, we also have uh, vanilla is on sale. <laughs>
3: Okay, well then, vanilla it is. I guess my grandpa would love a big heaping scoop. Do that big scooping thing you were doing again. Yeah, do that. Yeah, keep that going. Dig deeper. Put your muscle in it. Come on.
1: All right, here you go. One funeral funfetti double cocoa...
3: Yeah, a fetty fun funeral, I see the alliteration. But I do know that if I tip you, you have to sing the Dairy Prince song. So here's $20, motherfucker, go for it.
1: All right, but only if you drop a beat. Yo, I'm the Dairy Prince. I do this so much it makes my arm wince. This song is better than Prince. Mm, 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 you're, as wh-
3: <laughs> you're as wide as as pins come on there's more things I
1: write <laughs> I'm as wide as pants.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> who wants to dance
3: and see <laughs>
1: Um. This is not a scene. You're in an ice cream shop, so I don't know why <laughs> you just said scene while I'm, you're trying to buy ice cream. Oh my God.
3: <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare an improv scene that you can never
1: leave. Like, I wiped the scene. I wiped it. But you, like, it's can't done. move. You're, like, running across.
2: It. Yeah, so you can't properly wipe it. <laughs> that was absurd. Sorbet's not ice cream.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's. Took me right
1: out. Oh man, I feel hot now. <laughs> that improv made me feel flop sweat hot.
3: It's a Patagonia baby. <laughs>
0: oh, nice. You know, it's, I, I forgot I was gonna say this before. Alex and I were talking the other day about how like the best descriptor of you is you. You're you should be an SNL character. You like, should
3: be an SNL oh, character, <laughs> <laughs> like Target <"Tongue>
4: Lady.
0: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Do you think I'm a cheerleader for chess? Is that how <laughs> Bobby Fisher? Okay. <laughs> this is the podcast where I say things wrong. <laughs> Take two. So Alex and I were saying <laughs> the other day <thing. laughs> SNL cast member. My apologies. Oh, sure. Why why are you not in a place like Chicago or New York? What keeps you here?
3: I don't know. I may not stay. It's just I'm definitely here because like I went back to Atlanta for a bit like when I didn't want to do anything performative. And my family was there. I was just kind of figuring stuff out. And then I realized I wanted to move back to Minneapolis because that's what, what made me happiest, the area that I liked the most. Ah. So it was me just kind of like, you know, just being like happy with myself and then happy with performing again because before I did not want to perform in the slightest. Like the closest it would just be was like making my coworkers laugh and friends laugh and family laugh. And that's just kind of all that it was. But yeah, also too... <laughs> we've talked about this a fair share the improv world you have to rely on other people to help oh. make not make you funny that's not what it is but to actually make a good product
0: yep you I know
3: hate. and with stand-up i mean granted you know it's it's very bare bones it's very like whatever but it's just you doing it you are the responsibility and if you have it a bomb you bomb but it's all on you it's your show Whereas with improv you had to get people together. You have to have a chemistry. They all have to show up for the show. They all like it's kind of this big thing. So when you're kind of like almost how I would say like at a feature level for like a stand up, at a feature level for like um improv, like you're you're like um kind of like a house mainstay on like a, a big thing. I don't know. It's it's hard to stand out and also too I don't I don't know. I think if I knew that I was funny earlier in life, I think my path would have been different. But I didn't necessarily know I was funny. Gotcha. I knew I, I, I grew up like doing theater and doing all this stuff and getting the laughs always. But I didn't know that I was funny. I get what you mean. Yeah. So I've just I found that out just too late. Like if I had known that in my like early 20s, like that's a whole different story. And also I was never the one to seek the attention. I'd be the one like to tell my friend the joke.
1: You know, maybe they'd say it to someone else. I'm not like,
3: Oh, I'm telling the joke.
1: I had a friend who would like repeat my joke. So <laughs> we'd be sitting there at lunch and I would make a joke to him. And then, rather than being like, "Hey, everybody," Andy just made a funny joke. He would just repeat it louder, and then so that everybody at the table heard it. But because he was like popular and cool, he like had more confidence, so he would just say it louder and get my laugh. He did that all the time. Matt Moore. Matt Moore, you sick fuck. To well, to you. be fair,
0: why are you friends with a parrot? Super.
2: Is this my <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Mencia.
0: Oh, that would have been good.
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you would have said Ned, whatever the fuck his real name is, Ned Hansen, because he's like half German. German.
2: Yeah, well, that's some old stuff. Do you know the
0: lore?
3: Well, I knew the man Sia thing. I don't. I don't know this Ned that you speak of.
0: That's his real name.
3: Oh my. Oh, it sweet, is.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh my sweet god! What? Uh, oh, that guys, just makes. You didn't sense. know that?
0: No. No. Oh wow! Yeah. No,
3: I don't do any deep dives.
0: Uh see, I'm a huge <laughs> comedy nerd. Like, have you watched any of the the Comedy Store documentary?
1: Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. I haven't. Ned Arnell. I was thinking of a Ned <laughs> Arnell. Did you know uh, Carrot Top, that's not his real name either? Get the fuck <laughs> out of yeah, here. His real name is uh, Larry the Cable Guy. That makes so much sense. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Oh, fuck. you! <laughs> Pulling a
0: fast one on me like that. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um. Okay, well, so, I don't know. Do you want to? What? Oh, you guys are still here. Um, uh, okay. Tell me, tell me all of the things. What are all of your socials? What's your social security number? <laughs> your social standing?
3: Oh, Lord.
0: <laughs> mixed reviews. Mixed, mixed bag. Reviews. <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, plug plug all of the things, please.
3: Yeah, sure. Um, I'm definitely an Instagrammer. Um, so it's Rebecca.Rollera Dot Wilson, So, follow me on there. And then follow the Awful Service Podcast on Awful Service Pod on Instagram.
1: I'm uh, at Andy Wegleitner on Instagram. AndrewWegleitner.com is my website. That's the best way to find information about upcoming shows. Uh, I've got videos on there, some really terrific photographs. You can read my bio, uh, and yeah, it's really cool. You just type the website into your browser, and then <laughs> hit enter. Yeah, <laughs> and it'll pop right up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, keep an eye out for Rem Five Laboratories. We're gonna yeah. be uh, doing our uh, our next ticketed event comedy show through them. Um, Do you have a date on that yet? We don't have a date, so okay. yeah, just stay tuned. But, yeah, if you follow us on social, you will find out about that as well.
3: Absolutely. Well you'll, We'll break that as soon as it's mm-hmm. official. So, yeah, definitely check it out.
0: Awesome. Very exciting stuff. Well, the last thing that we do on this show is our listeners are called ducklings. So we say au revoir, little ducklings, quack, quack. Au revoir, little ducklings, quack, quack. Au
2: revoir, little ducklings, quack, quack
0: or four little
4: dunglings <laughs> Good job. <laughs>